Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 54 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our Aonia review pod presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase at shop.csttires.com. The racing this season has been nothing short of incredible, and Aonia Pass might have offered up the best racing yet. Casey Greek will join us to help break down all the action from an in-depth look at the pro class to amateur racing and everything in between from Georgia. The man of the hour, the toast of the town, Jeffrey Rastrelli will join us then to talk about his first pro-class podium in over two years. Really looking forward to that. Some great conversations, stories, and insight is ahead in this episode, so let's get right to it. Thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Four Works Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bikes, Trikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and they have some brand new industry-leading products that just hit the market as well. Full disclosure, the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped is my secret to keeping my beard perfect. This new electric trimmer is so nice that I've only been using it on my facial hair. Shh. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINDEEP20 at manscaped.com. You will not be disappointed. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. Racing is heating up just like the weather, and we both know you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear or parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. So before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out in a major way. We can't thank you enough for that. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, here to help break down all the action from Aonia Pass. He's a bank of ATV racing knowledge and a listener favorite. Brought to you by CST Tires. Visit shop.csttires.com today to pick up a set of Pulse MXR tires and soft and standard compounds from Impact Solutions. Say hello to Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Welcome back to Digging Deep. Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me back. Uh, doing this again. Just got back from Georgia and kind of got the holiday passes now and back to the grind here. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Casey, but Aonia Pass might have been the the best racing we've seen all year. And that's saying something because the, the racing has been incredible here in 2021. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, man, the battles all over the track, really. And then, and then a lot of uh, the amateur classes and stuff that it just seemed like the competition just continued to grow and the classes are tighter and tighter in. The, the track there didn't disappoint. I mean, it was fast and it was brutally rough and had a lot of technical sides to it. So I think it kind of kept the racing pretty close and got to see some really good battles all, all through the weekend. Like WMX was really good. Um, 
you know, the A classes were phenomenal. It was just, a, it was exciting all, all weekend. Absolutely. I uh, can't wait to break it all down. But before we jump into all of that, um, let's kick things off with the Impact Solutions Impact Moment segment where we highlight something good and positive that's happening in ATV motocross. Casey, um, what do you have for an Impact Moment this week? I'm going to go with, um, I actually had a friend of mine that was driving down. It's his son's second national. Okay. And he's driving down. So it starts off kind of bad. Um, their motorhome failed, had engine failure on the way down. He was about an hour and a half from the track and, um, just kind of word of mouth through a couple of friends real quick. We had an, a truck on its way to come pick up his trailer. Um, and then we had another truck waiting for him when he got to the racetrack. So then he had a truck all weekend to go to the hotel. Like everyone just kind of jumped in and pitched in to just be involved and like, make sure, you know, someone that they didn't even know, it was just like, Hey, I got a buddy his motorhome, but his trailer, you know, my truck's here, but it ain't going to pull his trailer. Can you go get him? Like, can you drive an hour and a half, go get him, and then drive an hour and a half back with all his crap and his trailer and everything. Sure. And it was just like, without, you know, without even blinking, like people were like, yep, I'll go, you know? And then we had another truck lined up for him when he got back. So then he had wheels for him and his family to be able to go back and forth to the hotel and, you know, complete their weekend. So just, you know, the banding of the brothers and the banding of the community is really just makes you sit back on Sunday night on the drive home and really think about how things come together and what people at the racetracks willing to do for each other. Absolutely. I think it's a testament, as we've said so many times here, that ATV motocross is just one big family. Um, so I think we speak it all the time, but actions speak louder than words. So uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, so that's uh, that's Casey Greek's Impact Solutions Impact Moment segment for this episode. And uh, moving right along then, I want to get to the exciting moments that took place in Georgia on the track this past weekend. And starting with qualifying, uh, the rundown was was pretty typical. Hetrick, Weenan, Hogue, Bryce Ford, um, and Jeffrey Australi rounded out the top five. But what stood out to me was the the friskiness of of Chad Weenan there. Um, Joel has been dominant in time qualifying this year, as he's been throughout the entirety of his career. Um, but this weekend, it was a slugfest between Chad and Joel at the top there. Um, Joel had it. Chad took it away. Joel grabbed the pole back. Uh, only two tenths separated those two guys at the top um, at the end of the second qualifier. And that was pretty fun to see. Yeah, it was. And it was like, like standing in the mechanics area and we're all, you know, checking lap times and, you know, everyone's kind of trying to keep everyone up to date. And I, mm -hmm. I see Joel, you know, on a hot one. So I'm like, okay, let's see what he does. And I think he run a 50, like a real low 51. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I don't even remember the times from last year. Yep. And then like Chad put it in like the mid fifties and I'm like, man, like, and they already looked like they were going so fast. I'm just like, no, like they're not going to go any faster than this. There's no way. Right. And then like Joel, Joel topped that. And so it was exactly like what you said there. Like, it's just one after another. And I'm like, you guys can't go any faster. It's just my mind blowing where where they've elevated this to, and then even, you know, Brandon Hogue and Bryce Ford were kind of doing the same thing. They're, they're duking mm -hmm. it out, you know, we're yep. trying to throw his hat in there. So it definitely kept um, qualifying. Just, this is just the first qualifier, you know, and then we went into the second one and they kind of did the same thing. And finally Joel kind of put a vision point on it, but 
man, like they were just so tight. And I just, I'm like, how are you guys going to go any faster than that? So going into the motos, I didn't think they were going to go any faster than in, and they end up running like their fastest lap times of the race during um, the first moto. Yeah. Yep. I saw that. Um, so they even took it to another level there. Um, it was much like a title fight. Like you said, I mean, slugging each other back and forth, which is cool to see. We haven't really seen a ton of that yet this year. Um, so you touched on it a little bit. Tell us about the track Casey. kind of paint the picture for people, uh, seemed pretty typical, pretty typical Aonia pass. Uh, last year, I thought the track was really, really good. It kind of had a, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, same layout as last year, it seemed like, but there was some slick spots, some dry, slick stuff, some rough spots, wet spots. That, that was a, a topic of conversation. Um, um, how was the, the track from your perspective? You touched on it a little bit, um, but I think it was a really good racetrack there. Yeah, I think the track was good. Um, for the most part, we, Friday, it got really choppy, like a lot of potholes and I, that, that trend continued throughout the weekend. And it seemed like, you know, they have a lot of mulch dug into that track and yeah. then there's some sand and almost some, you know, a lot of clay too. So the way it kind of breaks down is I feel like the mulch kind of piles into like smaller sections You're and then right. it gets yep. blown apart. And then you end up with like asphalt, like potholes. Like that's yes. the easiest way I could describe it to people. And, you know, a lot of times I can see people like coming down a straightaway or, you know, they have that, you know, their famous big roller right there in the front of the, on the front of the motocross track there. And you can see, like handlebars, like drop, like going. And so it's like, you're hitting a pothole in your car. Um, which made it, you know, technical because you had to be on your toes all the time. And then just the pace alone of the track was really, really fast. And I think it was faster than last year. Last okay. year, it got choppy, still some of the same pothole kind of stuff. You know, the, the dirt's not going to change that much and, you know, from year to year. Um, but it had more rough to it last year than this year where it was still – it slowed it down this year. It was still very rough, but it was like, they didn't care. And so I don't know if that's a change, like of just these guys are going that much faster, but even in the amateur classes, I felt like, man, like they're going so fast. And then, you know, the, the huge straightaway down the back with the, the rollers that started that section off, I think were some of the best rollers I've seen um, okay. at any, at any track. And there was, very like three to four different lines that you could go through it that were similar in speed if you nailed your line you know you could you could pull two bike lengths on someone if they made one little mistake either coming in or mid midway through um you know max he had a rough go at the rollers you know one lap other than that he was like phenomenal through him watching all qualifying and then in the first moto he he had a, a big one through there yeah um so, yeah, track was great. Hospitality was really great. Um, if you guys didn't make it, that's one that, you know, you got to keep on the map for next year. I know this year was a holiday and graduations and stuff are going on. But um, I think the hospitality is number one um, when we go to these facilities and how they treat us. And, and they do a great job there. Yeah, you can tell. And I remember back to last year, obviously the track was good. I love that whoop section and, uh, you know, we need more tracks with whoop sections like that. But I remember back to last year, the hospitality of them having us, um, you know, we had Tim Cotter, you know, on the show live from the track there. So a uh, lot of good stuff. Love to go to places that love having us. Um, before we, before we get to the, the racing, uh, 
want to touch on uh, this because um, never got to ask you this before, but as a suspension guy, Casey, um, how do you feel about, about the, the mulch situation? I feel like that uh, doesn't help your job at all. Cause mulch is a, is a whole different beast. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't help your job when it's the first race of the year. Like last year was way more <laughs> stressful than this year. Right. Like I just felt like, you know, the guys that uh, this is sound terrible, but like some guys that weren't quite prepared or maybe had just been riding in the sand, like all winter and then they got there and there was hard dirt and then there was the mulch and it was actually you know really rough yeah last year was tougher on me than this year most of my guys i felt like were pretty happy throughout the whole weekend just a couple of minor adjustments so i i kind of go into it with the mindset of already being prepared for certain things and then when it goes better than expected it makes it better for me, but you know, we're going to try to tackle anything that's thrown at us. So Absol- it's absolutely. all good. The, the reason why I asked is because I feel like from time to time, um, depending on how the mulch, uh, kind of, um, you know, how, how, how it, you know, breaks down in the racetrack or whatever, where it gets piled up or, um, however you want to put it, but mulch can be unnatural from times, uh, at times yeah. I feel like if it gets piled up. So that's the only reason why I asked, um, okay, let's get to the, the racing then stop me. If you heard this before, um, but Joel leads this thing wire to wire and moto one grabbing a, another moto victory. Chad kept him within four seconds, uh, for the, the whole 20 plus two. So that was solid from him. Uh, those guys were flying obviously, um, 30 seconds over third place, by the end of it talk about the the front two there that was a good ride from both of those guys we haven't really seen a ton of that either where chad was able to come out you know kind of towards the front of the pack and uh have those guys kind of ride together um i know they didn't dice it up but to see those guys riding at the front of the pack we haven't seen a ton of that it's like chad's chad's been coming through the pack this year um this is kind of the first time we've seen that yeah um I mean, it was a nail biter, really. I mean, any mis- you know, any small mistake, mistake by either one of them was going to cost them big. Yes. And you know, they, you know, they did um, distance themselves from you know third and fourth, fifth and sixth were all together for ninety percent of the moto. You know, and so they they got away from that pack real quick, and so it's just kind of them out there doing their thing. Yep. Um, you know. <sighs> sort of a boring race because they weren't really trying to challenge each other much. It was just kind of like if one made a mistake and then I think they both kind of figured later in the moto, say three quarters of the way through the moto, you know, Chad kind of was like, okay, let's, let's reserve some energy. Joel can pick up on that pretty quick. You know, Chad's starting to conserve, you know, he wants to try to get the second moto handled. So then he can at least even points with me. So then Joel kind of backs off. And so then the gap, they just kind of paced each other the rest of the race um going in and you know the exciting part was honestly the battle for third place yeah. i mean and i say a battle for third but i mean if you if you were in third one one corner you could be in sixth the second corner exactly or the next corner mm-hmm. and that was really the impressive part was those guys Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was, um, it was interesting because we've heard, heard so many people talking about where, um, Joel and Chad would probably stack up with each other if they came out together. So I thought that that was pretty cool to see. Um, it's not like Chad's, you know, so far off the pace that, you know, Joel's just going to check out on him at this point. Um, but you're exactly right. The, that, 
battle behind them was the, really the one to watch. Uh, that third spot went to Wesley Wolf, but um, Bryce Ford was third for most of the moto, really. Jeffrey grabbed it briefly before making a mistake and going uh, off the track there. But ultimately, Wesley sneaks by Bryce uh, with a corner to go and what I'd call a, a controversial move. Um, you were part of the broadcast team, and I could tell by uh, your voice that it must have been iffy. Um, I've seen multiple videos, multiple angles uh, at this point kind of confirming that. So tell me what you saw there between Wesley Wolf and Bryce Ford at the conclusion of Moto1 for, for the people that didn't see it. Um. I mean, Wesley was crafty, you know, and I seen him use the line earlier in the moto. He actually passed Shadusa in the same spot. And um, mm -hmm. from the angle that I was at, it was the same thing I had, I told everyone. From the angle I was at, I couldn't tell you where the track started and stopped. So I couldn't tell you if he was doing anything wrong and the ruling come back and he was, he was right and he didn't do anything wrong. So um, he was crafty and he snuck by there and – you know, Bryce did the right thing. Bryce protected the inside. Bryce had a different opinion. He felt like, you know, Wesley was off the track. So that's to be settled by um, them and the referees. You know, I'm very thankful that I don't have to be part of that <laughs> committee because, man, those are some hard decisions. And, you know, at times, you know, you're trying to balance both worlds. And so um, hats off to Harv. You know, he had to do his, a tough job there and, and correct, you know, and, you know, the next moto, there was some hay bales there, but it still sort of left the majority of the line that Wesley used open. So that tells me again, that Wesley was in the right in that, you know, in the move that he made and, you know, good for him. I mean, Wesley rode awesome. I, I mean, to give credit where credit's due, the dude, he come from like six or seven, Oh, and yeah. worked his way through and and just really, really looked good and and was on a on a rail um, that first moto for sure. Yeah, the, the most impressive things that we've seen from that group there are when a guy can come from the back and kind of race through that that group. We saw Brandon do it at the last race. Um, we saw Sh Shades of Jeffrey do it, and we saw Wesley do it here. Um, that's really impressive to me. The first thing that I, you know, so I see these clips. I, I heard your audio. I see the clips of this pass, and the first thing I think of is, is GNCC. I think of XC, um, you know, the background that Wesley yeah. Wolf has, and he's going going to be thinking outside the box. If there's not a marker there, um, making it clear and obvious, he's going to push that limit. And, and I think that's credit to his background. And uh, yeah, I mean, he comes out third in that moto. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Bryce wasn't happy. You know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey had made the move from like fifth into third. Yep. And got end up getting around Bryce. And then him and Bryce just barely bumped. And it was just enough that, it, you know, it wasn't like there was nowhere for either one of them to go. They were both drag racing in the corner sure. and it pushed uh, Jeffrey out into like the soft stuff just enough to where it grabbed his right front tire and kind of, you know, yanked him off the track. And that opened the door that, you know, every all the work that he had just done just went out the window. So he sure. had to start from scratch again. And so on paper, you know, his moto was fifth. But in reality, like he was in the battle for third the entire race. And the same thing for Bryce. Bryce held that position for most of the race, you know, very contested at, you know, certain times. Janusa was, you know, fighting in there too. 
um, before Max had to get off back in the rollers, he was in there fighting with those guys too. So, um, you know, hats off to Bryce, like fending, fending them guys off and just Wesley just stuck it in there right at the right time and then protected the, the inside of the finish line corner. And, you know, it, it was done and over with at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those battles, uh, between those guys have been so fun to watch. Um, like you said, uh, Wesley grabs the the top three spot there. Bryce came in fourth, Jeffrey rounded up the top five, um, battling, you know, that third, fourth, fifth battle there was crazy. Uh, Janusa ended up sixth and Hogue, uh, seventh, who I believe was hindered by some sort of bike problem there. Do you know anything about that? Um, I don't know what had went on. Um, whether it was like, like something got on his air filter or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. Um, I know they corrected it for the second moto and he didn't have any, you know, hindrance there. Um, okay. but yeah, he was right in the thick too. I mean, he was right there with them guys. They were all battling, jockeying, you know, taking different lines, bumping, grinding, like it was right. crazy. Um, you know, four or five guys just right there. And then I see them just kind of like start fading back and it, it wasn't making sense, but there i was in the in the announcing tower and it's kind of all like a capsule you know of glass so you really can't hear Mm -hmm. how the bikes are running or what is really going on outside of that so you're just kind of watching but he's still jumping jumps and like doing things so i'm just like i don't yeah i was lost until i got back over to his trailer and talked to him and he said you know he had a small issue and you know it was already corrected in that you know that tdr group they they were getting him back back on the right track and he was going to be ready for the second moto. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I knew it, something had to be going on as I'm watching the, you know, him just lose touch with those guys just a little bit because, um, he was my, my fantasy pick for the day there in tier two. And, um, it was really, I mean, he was, you know, coming off a, a podium, obviously great ride there. He was coming off being really solid and qualifying. And, and in my mind, Brandon's so strong at the end of the races, at the end of the motos, I'm thinking he's, you know, one of those guys that's got an advantage there. So, um, I figured something had to been going on there and then he kind of confirmed, uh, that with us after the races. Um, so let's move on to, to moto two then. And the, the fireworks started early. Um, Chad Weenan bumps tires with Joel Hattrick in the first corner and Chad goes for a ride, crosses the line backwards, basically, um, ends up flipping with Cody Ford. what did you see there, Casey? I don't know if you saw it from the tower, but there's plenty of videos out there at this point. I heard people saying watering, um, may have been a factor there in that first turn melee. Um, I think manhood was a factor a bit. Um, neither one of those guys was going to lift. Um, I did talk to Chad just briefly, you know, I shook his hand and told him, you know, awesome ride and yeah. I'm glad you're okay. Like, because that deal could have went really, really bad in a hurry. Um, you know, Brandon Hogue ended up. So just going back to the very start of what possibly went wrong there. I mean, we'll never know, but I, I think it comes down to an ego contest where neither one of those guys want to lift. And then maybe it was a little bit slick and Chad kind of slid up into Joel and, you know, they jumped tires Yep. and then Chad just having like his strength and, and pure size countered that bike to where all that actually had happened is it just slid out and yep. spun around. And then, you know, poor Brandon here, he is, he has nowhere to go. So he smacks him. Something had happened to Cody and sent him over towards the inside. And then he ends up hitting Chad again and that's when it really, you know, Cody got stopped enough to where it didn't do any kind of like massive damage. 
or to a full explosion of eruption of both riders. You know, they both ended up on the ground. Cody got back up safe. Um, I just feel like Cody at times is just getting devoured into some weird situations <laughs> on the start. So I feel terrible for him. Yeah. Because he was kind of like over there by himself. And then, bam, there's Chad right in front of him. Like nowhere to go. Nothing right. he could do. Um, Chad got very lucky. He was very close to the pond. And um, going into the pond backwards would have been, you know, at least if he went in forward, he's seen it coming. At this point, he was just trying to get the machine stopped and under control. And all of a sudden, he would have been wet. So the way it shook down, uh, best case scenario for Chad, um, you know, or for anyone in that case, like just right. plain and simple, like it could have been so much worse. Um, and it, it went well for the, cir- the circumstances. I mean, Brandon could have hit him way harder, and, you know, because they just those guys are reacting so fast. But yeah, I've watched three or four different videos and every time I'm just like just mind blown on how you know if you watch the slow motion one I think maybe Gloop did or Tramillan did it's all they slowed it way down and you see the posture of Chad change like he's already predicting what way the bike was going and I just I think that's a a testament to the natural ability and you know talent that these guys at this top level have to be able to do that I would just like flung the ragdolled and put the front tire you know like just it could have went so so much worse Uh, yeah i don't know if there's anything else to say about that right i mean obviously glad everyone is okay uh everybody got away from it you know pretty unscathed um but like you said 99 percent of people there don't slide and and end up backwards they hook and they ragdoll when you said Yeah. Yeah. 99% of people, that's what's happening. Um, so credit to him, uh, ended up being a legendary ride, really one that I think that we'll remember for a while. Um, I saw people, uh, saying that it almost, I I saw a small group of people, but a group of people, multiple different people, um, saying that it looked like some kind of takeout move or whatever from Chad. And, uh, in my opinion, that's simply an idiotic take. Uh, these guys have been racing yeah. each other. These guys have been racing each other for a decade. Um, when's the last time you saw something like that? I think it probably date back to that racetrack a decade ago where you even have any argument there. Um, and, and simply put, uh, this is just what happens when you bump tires in open wheel racing, right? Like this is what happens when you bump tires, open wheel racing, plain and simple. Yeah, it, that's exactly what happens. And, and you bring the water in effect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his line where his eyes were pointed were about six inches away of, you know, actually making contact. And then, you know, just so many little things can change. But, yeah. I mean, Chad's no dummy. Like, he's not going to hit Joel open wheel to open wheel going that fast. I mean, you guys got to understand how fast they were going at that point. And Joel, the same thing. You don't you don't take someone out on the start because you're literally going as fast as you can possibly go. You, if you're going to put a block pass on someone or, you know, even, you know, and stuff somebody, you're going to do it in a corner where the speed has come down. Mm -hmm. Like just for the sheer fact of safety for yourself, if you're taking all like respect for the other guy out of the equation, you're still going to think about yourself first. And if you hit like that, it's not going to end good for anyone. Joel just had about six inches more on him and it spit Joel out. Perfect. Like almost didn't even slow him down much. And I mean, it couldn't have spit Chad out any more perfect 
for this circumstance. Right. It and was I, definitely not perfect. And but. I say, I say this in, in two wheel racing and supercross motocross, obviously ATV motocross, all these things. Um, there's no such thing as a takeout move in the first corner. Like things happen so <laughs> fast in a whole shot thing. I mean, there's just no such thing. No, it just doesn't happen. And you can't, I mean, you're just, you're literally just trying to survive through the first corner. <laughs> exactly. You know, like even like looking at some of the video or in some of the pictures, like Joel is literally looking back. Yes. Watching what is going on. And I'm sure he's watching it in disbelief. Like, like holy I, shit. I, yeah. I didn't even want to talk to him about it. Like, you know, he wasn't upset about it, but I didn't want to like continue to bring it up because I know so many people are gonna. So I didn't even really say nothing. I was just like, <laughs> right. His first turn was crazy. And he's like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And we just moved on from there. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting to see the pictures and you know, he's just looking, Brandon Hogue's looking back. Like, <laughs> and I still can't process how those guys are looking back, but they're still going as fast as they are at right. that point. Like, I'd just be white knuckled and, you know, big eyed going straight. Like, okay, well, we'll see what happens when I get around the next corner or something. But. Right. Right. Well, I feel like that, that is kind of a testament to how crazy, how crazy that, that happening was. Um, okay. But back up front, uh, it's your guys flying in formation, Joel Hetrick and, and Jeffrey Rustrelli one and two and Jeffrey um, announced to the ATV racing world that he's back there. Um, it was really a, dr a dream ride for the Phoenix team and, and Jeffrey, clung to joel for a long time in that second moto um you know looked like a photo shoot for a long time they were close enough it was like uh it was like a day at the practice track with those two um but i was really impressed i mean jeffrey kept pace with joel for a long time yeah no jeffrey was riding awesome i mean even in qualifying like his qualifying time wasn't you know up there with joel and and chad's but he he looked good all day long and you know his attitude was you know, fantastic all day long. And, you know, he got into position there. He got a good start that he's been needing and he just latched on with Joel and those guys just took off. I mean, they were, you know, just rolling and, you know, Joel kept checking, checking over his shoulder, like for, you know, like the first couple of jumps, like, Oh, okay. That is Jeffrey. All right, cool. Let's yeah. go. Like, you know, we're safe together. Like we can go do this. And, you know, I think Jeffrey wanted to prove to himself you know, hey, I got the speed to run with Joel, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get as close to him and try to get as big a gap as I can get and go right now. And uh, I think that's what ultimately, you know, ended up getting him into the position that he ended up finishing second that moto. If if he would have relaxed and just said, okay, I'm gonna cruise this thing and not sprint with Joel right now, you know, we might have seen a different outcome possibly mm -hmm. um, late in that moto. But you know. Jeffrey really showed how seasoned veteran he is by, you know, using his racecraft that entire moto and even all the way down to, you know, the, the famous last corner that we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, in that class right now, Casey, I mean, you have to sprint, <laughs> you know, there is no, yeah. there is no cruising and you're going to get a good finish there. That that's not how that works right now with how stacked that class is. Um, so there was a bunch of great racing going on in this one. Um, but insert a uh, motivated Chad Weenan charging to the front from that melee that we just talked about. He put on a legendary performance really, uh, gets all the way, um, up to the back of Jeffrey, and, and this was huge because if Jeffrey holds Chad off, Jeffrey is on the box. But if Chad gets by, Wesley um, will end up in that third overall spot. So after 25 minutes, uh, Jeffrey had to earn it in that final corner of the, of the day there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, just the way it went down, I mean, you know, Jeffrey was trying to do everything he could to to hang on to it because he, he had to to end up with the box. And, you know, he's also, you know, that's the reason, you know, if Chad would have got by him, then Joel would be one point down right now instead of one point up right now. Yep. So, you know, all that stuff was going on. And, you know, luckily Jeffrey has been in a podium position before, so he don't crumble under pressure of whoever it is. And he's raced, you know, hard against Chad at, you know, multiple races and over multiple years. So he, he was, you know, right there. And he, he protected the inside in the second to last corner. And which was scary because Chad railed the outside and it said Chad up for the inside. And I think Jeffrey just kind of went into that final corner, just knowing that Chad was going to come in as hot as possible. And so it's just more about holding the clutch and not letting the bike stall and just, you know, kind of preparing for impact. And, and Chad didn't do anything that no one else would do. I mean, he, he put it on him, mm-hmm. you know, he bumped him, but you know, this is paychecks that we're racing for here. This isn't, you know, Skittles, like they're going for it. And, um, as soon as they bumped, they kind of both come to a complete stop and it looked like they were, I, at first I thought they were really tangled up and I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> like this might've just went bad for both of them. <laughs> right. And Jeffrey popped the clutch and, you know, just rode the clutch out of that thing. And just, I seen him come away about two foot before Chad started moving. And I was like, Oh, he's got it. Like there's nothing that can be done from there. He comes over the roller all sideways, um, you know, just in full panic just to get to that checkered flag. And he, and, you know, ends up securing that second position and, yeah. You know, Chad did what he had to do. I mean, you had to make that last attempt, that last effort to give him a nudge to to get out and get that position. And um, Jeffrey's racecraft um, paid off for him right there. For it sure. Good. So I was worried. And like you said, I mean, uh, Jeffrey's been in this position an array of times. I was just worried. I'm like, man, don't let him get this close and then not get the podium. And I was worried that, I mean, there might've been a little pressure because it has been two years um, since we've seen him up there. I just, I hope that he wasn't feeling that pressure in that moment, but uh, he fought his ass off for it. Jeffrey did what he had to do to earn himself that podium spot there on the day. Um, This was his 20th career pro class podium, something that we kind of been pumping up here on the shows. And uh, this was his first podium finish in 763 days since Ironman 2019, like I said. So, um, Jeffrey was emotional after that one. I was fist pumping about this. I was so pumped, love to see it. And, uh, like you said, I mean, he worked, he had to work damn hard to get that one right there. And and I'm sure it made it that much more special for him. Yeah. And then like being a team guy for, you know, most of my career in this, in this sport, um, I think it was just, um, incredible for the whole Phoenix racing team in general. Um, you know, those guys busted their butts in between motos and, you know, got these bikes just spot on. And so when you get two guys on the podium, I I've been through that before and it's just so rewarding, you know, cause yeah, your one mechanic is, you know, one rider and, but at the end of the day, when we're all back in the shop, we're, it's all still a team and, you know, the, the, the teamwork that goes in with these guys all week long is incredible. And so to get both guys on the podium, you know, Jeffrey's first podium in the last couple of years, I think um, the biggest reward is obviously for Jeffrey to be there. And then for the team itself and um, you know, Phoenix racing and David Eller and all those guys, I think um, Saturday night was um, a night that they could sleep easy. 
Oh, I'm sure. Um, stoked to talk to Jeffrey. We're going to have him on the show here shortly. Stoked to talk about that, but I'm sure it does really legitimize everything that Phoenix Racing is doing. All that team, all you guys that work so hard for these guys, um, it probably really legitimizes it. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, not a ton of team team stuff in this sport necessarily, but that is definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, it's gotta be exciting for you to enjoy that with those guys. So, um, let's go down the, the overall results sheet here. Um, like we talked about Joel Hattrick one, one on the day, another perfect day for him, Chad Weenan, uh, salvage salvages that first moto, um, for uh, sorry, first corner situation there in Moto Two for second overall, two three on the day. Jeffrey Rastrelli hard fought third overall there for him. Uh, Wesley Wolf ties in points with Jeffrey, but uh, ends up fourth overall. Bryce Ford uh, top fives on the weekend, um, fifth overall for him. That's actually his second best. Um, overall finish of the season so far he's third in points now um standing alone third in points uh for bryce ford there um brandon hogue coming off his his podium at high point he's sixth overall on the day um kind of had to overcome some hurdles there but still salvage a solid day nick janusa ended up seventh overall um and uh, death taxes and Logan Stanfield finishing solid. He ended up another eighth overall in the day for him. Top tier three rider in our ATV fantasy league. Um, another great ride for Logan and Cody Ford, uh, another top 10 performance for him. He was ninth overall, really solid there for Cody. Um, good to see him kind of rounding back to form that we've seen in the last couple of years for him. Uh, Cesar Jimenez, top 10. Welcome to the top 10, Cesar Jimenez. Uh, first top 10 of his career. Congrats to him. Uh, solid day for him there. Uh, Vince Merman ended up 11th overall. I think that's another Impact Solutions rider there. And uh, I think that that's a guy, um, 11th overall in the day um, for him. He's kind of just kind of rounding himself into form, racing himself into form here after that injury at the, at the, uh, opener. Um, but Casey, I think Vince Merman is a guy that, uh, could surely be a, a top, um, top of his tier rider. Um, as we, as we go forward here, I think that's a guy to watch. Yeah. Vince looks good. And it just, you know, getting rid of those rookie rookie jitters and, um, yep. you know, he had quite a bit of time off there. So, um, I think getting himself back into shape, I think he's going to end up being, you know, very competitive and being a top 10 guy in no time. I think so too. I think so too. Um, Michael Allred, he ended up uh, 12th overall on the day. Uh, 13th overall was Michael Perkins. Uh, Vitek Nikenyak ended up 14th overall. Looked like he had a little tough luck on the day there. Marshall Smith, 45-year-old Marshall Smith, ended up um, ended up 15th overall. Zach Harris, 16th overall. Casey, I think you're working with those guys now, huh? Um, that's what it sounds like. Um, actually been talking to Zach a little bit today and, uh, I talked to him on Saturday night and we kind of, you know, work out a deal that we're going to start doing some stuff together and, um, try to get, you know, his program headed in the right direction. So should be good. Yeah. Source told me that, uh, they've been struggling with some things and, uh, they knew where to go for the help. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be good. Um, him and his dad, super nice guys. Um, I don't know them well. Like I, you know, I feel like I was raised with pretty much everyone else in this industry. <laughs> right. And, you know, they had been out of uh, the national scene for a couple of years now. And so it's going to be good. Uh, I'd actually, like I said, I talked to him today a little bit, talked to him Saturday night and we're probably going to get together sometime next week and do some tuning on his bike and set it, set some stuff up for him. So I'm excited about that. I want to see, I mean, I know they have very high hopes in um 
you know, where they feel like they can perform. And, you know, I believe in it and until I get proven wrong. So I'm going to stand behind them and, and help them out. Yeah, that's what uh, I think that you and I and uh, a lot of people out there don't really know much about Zach Harris. Um, but my sources told me that, uh, yeah, he he they're expecting more than what they've got so far. And like I said, um, they knew where to go. Um, obviously you, Casey impact solutions, they know, knew where to go to, uh, try to help better their program. Um, so he was 16th overall looking to improve going forward and 17th overall, um, was Max Lindquist. He had that get off that we touched on in the first moto sounded like he had a mechanical in the second moto. Um, but that's another guy that uh, we're going to want to watch going forward, especially as we head to sunset Ridge. Um, so Casey, after his uh, his wreck at the season opener, followed by three consecutive overall victories, uh, Joel Hattrick now has a one-point advantage over um, Chad Wienan. My question for you is, will Joel Hattrick hold the red plate the rest of the way? Oof. Oh, man. Um, I think so. You know, we're going into Walnut, and, you know, going off of history, Chad always has been – I don't want to say dominant because, like, last year they split motos there. Uh, most of the time, Joel can usually squeak out a moto win. But I, I truly think uh, with the form that Joel's in this year and the confidence that Joel has rolling in his way right now, yep. uh, the explanation point for him would be to beat Chad Wien both motos at Walnut or Sunset Ridge. Yep. So um, going from Texas, comparing Texas last year to Texas this year, I think Joel has a good chance at that. Obviously, I never count out Chad Weenan. Like, the dude is just the diesel. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of bow out a little bit on that. <laughs> um, if he can hold it or not, I mean, I know what I truly feel, and I, I truly think he can, but I, I don't want to jinx nothing there. No. I want to I wanna play as safe as possible with that question. No, I, I totally understand. Um, more than anything, I wanted to be able to touch on what we expect at, at, uh, Walnut at sunset Ridge. Um, because yes, it's Chad's home track there. Um, but, uh, notoriously or, or what's become typical from, from this race, like you said, is kind of a split that seems to have been the norm. The last handful of years doesn't really look like Joel gives anything up there. Um, a lot of times maybe Joel comes out with the first moto win, and then maybe it gets a little gnarlier in the second moto and Chad's able to add, uh, able to use that to his advantage. Um, but Joel has ranted and raved about the, the rear end setup on that Yamaha. And I think that that could very much end up being, uh, being an advantage there as the track gets um, rougher at Sunset Ridge. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, when I posted about Joel now having the points lead and people are, I mean, people acted like it was expected, you know, even though he was a, he was a lot of points down, not that long ago, yeah. uh, people acted like it was expected. So, um, I, I really want to draw attention to the fact that he made up a ton of ground and not a whole lot of time. And that's impressive when you're racing against, uh, Chad in this stacked class of, of pros, um, Jeffrey Rostrelli claimed his, uh, his 20th career podium, just like we talked about, we got him coming up on the show. Um, this was his first and over two seasons with six races remaining in 2021 how many podiums does jeffrey get the rest of the way um i think we see him up there quite a few times so there's six races left i will um 
I'll just go on like the the middle road. I'll just say three and hope he proves me wrong. I would and, think I would think Casey, if you see him get up there three more times, he's probably third in points. Yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna round out his consistency pretty heavy right there. Um, but he needs he needs not these five twos. He needs three threes or three twos or four threes or you know to start moving those points up there. I mean, with Max having such a, a devastating weekend in a sense, you know, I'm just glad he's okay. Me too. Um, from the the big get off that he had there and um, a surprise, you know, failure in the second moto, which is way on you know out of the ordinary for any of that program over there. So, you know, he's going to rebound well. He's going to do really well at sunset. You know, that's that's definitely, you know, pretty much like not a home track to him, but, you know, a track that's fairly close and something that he's comfortable with. So he's going to do good. And I think we're going to see, you know, Bryce continue to improve. So it's Mm -hmm. not going to be easy. And I think Janusa, Janusa had a bad weekend. Um, I think reports were stomach cramps. Oh, okay. and he wasn't real sure what was going on. You know, he, he had tried to fix it and didn't really realize he had a problem until midway through the first moto. Um, so I think we're going to see him bounce back and get in there. And I think with the style of track that he rides on, you know, up in New Jersey, he's going to be another one that we're going to see um, turn it back on. So a lot of few guys are looking for redemption. You know, Jeffrey feels like he's got his redemption now, and so now he's the target that has got to hold on to that spot. So, um, yeah, third overall in points is going to be tough. It, that, it really is. Hey, that group of riders is must-watch each and every moto that we've been out this season. Um, you're a gambler, but I won't ask you uh, who you're going to put your money on for that third-place spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does really seem like you just said it. It seems relatively up for grabs. I mean, we're nearly at the halfway point of this thing. <laughs> And only 11 points separate third through seventh. And like you said, Max was right in that pack. And, you know, he's kind of looming right there behind it now after a, a weekend where he only got 10 points at, at uh, Aonia Pass. But it's hard to believe we're almost halfway through this thing and it's, and it's really up for grabs. So um, can we talk about digging deep ATVMX Fantasy for a second? You never got your picks in. What the heck? Dude. Uh, <laughs> just pitiful. Um I, I literally, I I'm, I'm, I'm searching the results as we're, as we're prepping for this year. And I'm like, did that MFR not even get them in? And sure yeah. enough, there's Casey Greek with zero points. Yeah, that was, um, I, I had kind of forgot my password or something happened and I clicked on the <laughs> wrong link or did something and I, I couldn't get it. And I was like right in the middle of doing 10,000 different things. And when I was driving down on Thursday, you could have texted I, me. You could have texted me and I could have figured it out for you. See, and I almost did, but I felt like that was unfair. No, I could have. To the rest of the world. Because I I had a number of people saying, hey, I'm on a flight. Like, you know, I I try to help everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. I I want everybody to get their picks in, but go on. So normally, even with like another fantasy league that I play um, on the dirt bike side of things, I'll go and set my team way before the weekend, just so at least I have a team no matter what. Me too. And I I was driving down and I was like, I need to go on and set my team and just have something set. And so that I don't forget or I don't get caught up into something. And here (laughs) I find myself at like 1215 panicking, trying to figure it out. Can't figure (laughs) it out. People are calling me in middle of like, why I'm trying to figure it out. And I just like, just threw my hands up. I'm like, 
I'm terrible anyway, so what's a zero going to do to me? Oh, I mean, it hey. knocked me down like 30 spots, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so not like you had too much going on, right? You got, yeah, your your pros to take care of, your amateurs to take care of, your commentating the races, but yeah, you, you didn't have much going on. So, um, well, thanks yeah. to all, all the listeners who are actually playing with us. Um, obviously <laughs> kidding there. Hopefully, hopefully we get you back on for Sunset Ridge. Um, but wanting to touch on a few more topics before uh, – before uh, we get to the man of the hour, Jeffrey Rostrelli. Um, on Sunday, it sounded like some some great racing in pro stock. All the dramas died down a little bit there. And uh, Joel and, and Chad split motos with Joel uh, grabbing the overall, right? Yeah. Um, just, I mean, this is going to be something that we see every weekend, every race, I think. Those guys are so <laughs> close in on them stock bikes that it's – you know, I truly think it was almost what it would come down to who got the start. And Joel said in the first moto, like he had to back out or he would end up wrecking both of them. And so, you know, he made the right decision. So going back to these guys aren't trying to take each other out on the start. Right. Like he literally, you know, backed off a little bit and ended up giving it to Chad. He stayed right on Chad's grab bar the entire moto, second moto, vice versa. Joel pulls the whole shot. Chad just glued to him. I mean, like, they're just – you can't even barely separate them. Um, one of the coolest things that I've seen, and I, Harv Whipple, the AMA official, was sitting in front of me, and I said, I said, watch this back there in the rollers. I said, you're going to witness his, history right now. Someone's pulling Chad through the rollers. And, like, you know, I was, I'm just saying someone, but it was Joel. Right. He was pulling him in the back rollers. I and mean, I think it was mainly a line selection difference, but – that's how close those guys are. And, you know, but then Chad would pull them into like, he would pull back up on them at the end of that back straight away with the jumps. Um, Yep. Rodney had about a thousand different names for it, but you know, when they get to that other end, they would, the gap would be the same, but when they would come through the rollers, Joel would pull pull almost two bike lengths every lap. And I was just tickled to death. And uh, Harv's like, you should be ecstatic. That's your shock. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I'm ecstatic. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt. I'm like, but it's just, you know, we're just always really, you know, just because a statue in general, just the height difference between the two, yep. their capabilities are massively in, insanely close. How good each one can do so many things that suit the other one and so on and so forth. And rollers have always suited Chad. I mean, I've always, when we raced against Chad, when it was Natalia, like he's six inches shorter. Joel six inches shorter. So rollers was his thing all the time. And so to see that it was really cool. Um, and I, dude, they're going so fast. You know, the track was obviously a little bit smoother on Sunday. Um, the, it seemed like it was a faster track, you know, all around, but their lap times were almost matching their pro race lap times on Saturday. And that's just phenomenal and speaks volumes for the machines speaks volumes for the riders. Yes, the track is different on Sunday, but the layout's the same and the lines are pretty close to the same. Yep. It just wasn't quite as choppy and rough as it was on Saturday. Still, to be able to do that is it, phenomenal. Uh, it's it's crazy what those guys can do. I tell that. I mean, that's always my argument is 
those guys are doing just about the speed that they're doing on their pro bikes on those stockers, which is amazing. So, um, the, yeah. incre- the, the incredible racing continues there and it's really cool. It's really fun. It's a, it's a great thing that, uh, on Sunday, we're still able to watch, um, those battles against the world's best. That's, that's pretty special. And then to do it on stock machines is that much cooler. So, um, Nick Janusa joined that duo on the podium and pro stock, um, touching on a couple more stuff here. Andrea Berger wins WMX once again, stoked for her. Pro-Am, um, here we go again. Bryce Ford, a teenager, mind you, enters the, the Pro-Am class and everyone loses their freaking mind. Um, Bryce goes 1-1. One, one. Uh, Zach Decker seemed to keep him relatively uh, honest, actually. Um, what did you see in Pro-Am, Casey? Did you see that? Yeah, definitely watched Pro-Am. Um, good race. Um, kind of dries out towards the middle. But I think Bryce made a mistake. I think he overjumped one of the back tabletops because I actually seen a picture that he posted like his whole nose was blowing I apart. I saw that, yeah. Um, and I believe that came from that first moto. Zach actually got around Bryce and they rode nose to tail for a few laps and Bryce ended up making the fast back and kind of dropped the hammer and separated himself a little bit. Um, you know, not without challenges and not without, you know, Zach Decker really stepping in there. Aaron Salinas in the first moto really stuck in to those guys really close for a while. Okay. Um, you know, like the racing was intense in that class and then it kind of opened up, you know, midway point or so, and then kind of, you know, got stagnant a little bit. And the second moto was sort of much of the same. Um, those guys, I think Bryce just come out, dropped the hammer and kind of scored it away five, six seconds away from Zach initially and then kind of maintain that gap and towards the end uh, I believe it got down to about four seconds or so uh, Zach kind of had closed in just a little bit but I think that was just kind of Bryce pacing the race and and finishing it off um, you know Salinas with a very very strong third uh, Blair Miller first moto was really solid in uh, fourth place end up OJ in the back table, like massively, like 30 feet past. I think he just brain farted or something. Okay. Been his bars down around his gas tank, um, end up shutting the quad off. And so kind of took his day away and took the wind out of his sails for the weekend. Okay. Um, uh, Jack, Jack or Joe Chambers. Ooh. Uh, he should be on the results Joe, there. Joe, 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 Joe Chambers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Joe. Um, dude, this kid's real deal. I don't oh, even yeah. know him, but he is flying and he, he comes on like the last like four laps of the races. And so he was really impressive to watch um, both days, pro sport and, and then pro-am on Sunday. He got a, really he, got a podium. Him. he got a podium in pro sport, right? Yeah. 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 And um, he was flying, but he just, it was like he, you wouldn't even see him kind of on the scale there for a little while. And all of a sudden, four or five laps to go he started putting in a charge and and working his way through so and he he was impressive yeah so i know he got hurt last year but coming into the year i was kind of um i was kind of uh paying attention because i know gloop at one point had posted a video of him at decker's place um just flowing like looked like looked like Wimmer or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was kind of keeping tabs on him and yeah, he's a fun rider to watch. Uh, looks like he's, um, doing really well. Those classes are so fast there. So, um, so yeah. So what about our buddy, uh, Mitch, he got hurt, right? Oh man. Yeah. On Saturday, the second pro sport moto, yep. uh, first turn went, the first turn went hairy down there. 
Okay. And a bunch of guys got together and end up, um, unfortunately, um, I think for the sport and for Mitch himself, uh, broke his tip fib. Um, dude as tough as nails. Started his bike up and rode to the na- to the ambulance. Didn't <laughs> didn't jump off his bike and crappie flop. Didn't no. Fired his bike up and just rode straight over the ambulance. Was like, hey, my legs broke. Like, I didn't even know anything had happened, and I was riding up to the starting line to go talk to someone up there, and I seen his parents down by the ambulance, and so I'm like, oh man. And I knew a rider was already hurt, Mitch's son. So okay. I'm like, it's got to be Mitch. And then, you know, obviously I didn't see him in the pro sport race. So I knew something had happened. So I stopped and they're literally cutting his pant and cutting his sock off. And he's like grimacing in pain. And he like looks up and he's like, hey, buddy, what's up? And I'm like, like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm praying for you. I'm such a bummer. He's like, yeah, it's definitely broke. And I'm like, hey, at least you're tough, dude. And he just kind of smiles and, like, leans back. And he's just, like, another day. Like, it, it was so bizarre. And I'm like, hey, shoot me a text. You know, keep me updated on everything. And I sent him a text Sunday and just said, you know, hey, we're thinking about you. We miss you out here. So and so forth. So um, he texted me back. It's on the phone that I'm on right now. So I can't read it. But he gave me a quick update. They're, they were almost home, like, Sunday morning. Okay. They just packed the motorhome up and there's his father and mom and everyone went to the hospital. He got done there. They did the x-rays and everything. They set it into place. So it was straight. Okay. And then they were going home and he was going to go see a surgeon there and I think get it fixed up at home. So he's pretty tied to the medical community around him. I believe yep. his mom is a nurse. Um, he's a, a therapist. Yep. So they they have some heavy ties into that. So I'm sure that's why he made that decision is to go to somewhere that he's very comfortable. And um, it won't be too long. I think we see him back out there again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, respect uh, with the story there and his toughness and all that stuff. Prayers to uh, to Mitch Reynolds for sure. Yeah, it sounded like Tim Fib and uh, some kind of dislocation there. So um, he'll have to heal up. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I would expect maybe he's going to be at the races, uh, you know, doing the Moto Church thing and whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would assume we'll see him at some point, but yeah. Um, thinking about him for sure. So, um, last thing I want to touch on, on this whole deal here is, is when it comes to everybody being up in arms about Bryce Ford racing pro-am we've touched on this before. I thought we maybe would have kind of silenced it by now, but plenty of people are talking on the internet. Other pro-am riders are talking about it. Um, one group that has nothing to say, uh, about it is, uh, anyone that's ever lined up in the pro class, um, take that for what it's worth. But, uh, this is, this is what we've always done i know you and you and i casey we talked about this last time uh this topic kind of came up i raced pro-am throughout my entire professional career and i'm no bryce ford um but jeffrey Rastrelli, you know when he was in pro-am and racing pro at the top level he was in bryce's shoes josh upperman was uh ronnie was the list goes on um i mean do you have any last words to, to hopefully put this thing to bed or, or what, what do we got to say here I mean, all, all he's doing is, you know, trying to better himself. And in the process of doing it, he's bettering riders like Zach Decker, um, Blair Miller, Aaron Salinas. You know, all these guys are getting better because they get to see firsthand on-track experience yep. with a guy that's very capable of podiums in the pro class. And so, I mean, there's really nothing necessarily wrong with it um in the process so i mean just kind of leave it alone mm-hmm. you know if you guys don't like it beat them 
and then he probably won't do it anymore because no top three pro guy is going to want to go down at Pro-Am and get beat. So you have one way to silence it. Mm-hmm. Beat him. Yeah. Yep. And, That's pretty and, simple. Well, and all those, all those guys, all those kids, um, you know, they want to be pros. Like that's their goal. That's their goal probably in yeah. the next couple of years um, to, to kind of see that firsthand, to ride with that speed. Um, it can't, it can't hurt. And we're talking about pro-am, right? We're talking about the pinnacle of the sport. We're talking about, there's only one class faster than pro-am and you can't run from anybody at the top of the sport either. So, um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I said this last time, I mean, I would have loved in 2012 to not race Cody Gibson and I would have won a number of races mm-hmm. that year. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not that different. I don't know if we're going to see Bryce out there at every one of these races. Um, but it's not that different. And I, and I do think it's honorable, um, of those guys to admit that, that Bryce is searching a little bit. He's trying to find his mojo. He's trying to find his confidence. And we know Ford brothers racing values this move because we saw, they saw Cody Ford find himself last season um, after we saw him start running pro mod and winning races over there. So we know that this is a, a, a valuable move, a valued move from Ford brothers racing. And um, there's no malicious intent here. You know, there's no, he's not doing anything wrong and he's, he's still a teenager racing kids, his age. Um, I just, I, I don't think anything really more has to be said. It's not, it's not that big of a deal for all the people that have all these, these terrible hot takes. I mean, it's made Bryce Ford a polarizing figure at this point. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a good way to test if you are looking for a setup or, you know, it's another gate drop with, you know, a bunch of really fast guys. So in reality, he's using it for testing in so many different ways. If he's out there trying to find different setups, like something that, you know, they can kind of gamble on and go, Hey, we're going to try this today where necessarily it's not going to hurt you in your pro points, which is obviously his main focus. That's why he raced Texas and Pro-Am and then didn't race at high point in Pro-Am. And then he raced here. Like, you know, they're, they're testing in certain, certain different things or whatever. I don't know if they really are, but I mean, it's, it's another gate drop with fast guys. If you want to make some, you know, setting changes to your machine and go test it on a national track that is, been ran over a bazillion times by other national caliber you know racers that's the best way you can do it and you get pretty much pretty close to 20 minutes you know you get 40 minutes out of doing that and you can learn a lot can be learned from it so you know a lot of these guys if they have it in their budget or whatever should be racing we've seen michael perkins race on sunday also and you know he didn't win or you know he didn't beat zach or whatever so you know, for him, it's got to hurt on the inside. He's a pro. Yep. So knowing, but, you know, I asked him, like, you're going to race pro on him? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I haven't gotten to ride as much as I need to. And I haven't gotten to ride on tracks that are at this caliber. So I want to go use it for seat time and go out there and ride and get two solid motos in. And, he, you know, he's kind of racing his, you know, entry back into shape and right. riding – is what he needs to do. So, you know, hats off for him, even though, you know, at the end of the day, I had to kind of bruise, you know, it's going to bruise your ego a little bit when you get beat by a couple of pro-am guys. So that's the the risk that you take going out there, but more guys should do it. I think, you know, there's a lot of guys there that can, that can race that class and, you know, would, would find some success, maybe find, you know, find the little things with getting a good start and, and realizing, you know, Hey, I, I am still fast or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, 
put it to rest. You know, guys, like, here's what it is. You're exactly. You're not going to change it. That's for sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. I wish some more guys would jump in there. I think it'd be good for the class. It'd be good for the precedent. It'd be good for some of those riders. Um, you know, I, outside of that top, top one or top two tier. And, and I guess I hate to use those terms. I guess some guys have taken offense to it or some fans or whatever thinking I'm calling these pros, t- you know, second tier or third tier guys. It's not really the case. That's just how we break down. No, the we're just, yeah. yeah, we're just reflecting back to the fantasy. Like, well, well, and not only dude, that, but the groups that the riders are in, like, what do you want me to call them? Group one and group two, whatever. I'm not, I mean, they're all top tier yeah. guys. They're, they're the world's best ATV riders. So, um, so that's, that's beyond the point, but uh, those, those tier three or tier four riders, um, in my day, um, those guys raced pro-am. That's what, that's yeah. what we did. And Brett so, music, I mean, Brett yeah. did it for years and won the pro-am championship while he was still racing the pro class. Right. And, right. Won the know. pro-am championship while I was beating him for rookie of the year. Like, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it was in Sean Taylor. And like I said, Ronnie and Tim Detling, and I mean, there's tons of tons of yeah. really good guys. So, um, I just wish more guys would do that, but that's a, that's enough on all that. Um, any other any other amateur racing standouts uh, that you saw this weekend that you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, like Aaron Salinas, uh, super impressive. Man, uh, we had we had him on the show last week, and that is a yeah. great, that is a great freaking kid. He yeah he's he is his entire family. I mean that whole TDR team, um, everyone over there, JP, you know. Yep. The fur, the fur had a, a fantastic weekend. Another I think he one. won both overalls and both his classes. Yep. And you know, the the impressive part for me with him was they've had so much rain down where they live in Texas that he really hasn't ridden at all since three ponds. Hey, and so he kind of the- came straight off the couch. This is the crazy thing about Christopher Parrish is he still looks like he's a mini rider. He's still just a little dude, and he's winning. Yeah. The B, he went in the B classes. But he's stacked like he's he's shredded and he's, oh, yeah. you know, he works out and he's he's doing all the right things. And, you know, the program behind him. But Aaron Salinas um, on Saturday, I mean, compared to I, you know, I didn't get to see him at Texas. Obviously, we all know of the big wreck at, at Texas. And, you know, he was kind of the the spotlight um, ragdoll through the middle of that wreck. And oh, from, you know, high point. I, from high point. Yeah, from high point. And then yep. but I like Texas. He rode really well but he lost touch with Zach real quick. And so just to see the improvement in two, you know, two races later to where on like Saturday, he was really close to Zach and, you know, actually like battling with Zach on Saturday and pro sport. I, I, he just, I, I've not stopped thinking about like, I can remember when he was riding seventies and he kind of really didn't even care or didn't want to ride and just seeing where he's at right now. You know, there's so many of these guys that I see that, um, I mentioned Parrish, um, you know, Logan Sandville had a really solid day. Yep. I think Logan gets a little better start. We're going to see him running closer and in that top five. Yep. Um, yeah. Man, Cause it seems so like many guys, it's, it, it seems like with Logan, he's kind of been getting some bad starts and racing forward. And then some of those guys that he's racing against are getting good starts and falling back. Maybe um, yeah. I, I agree hundred percent, uh, you know, touching on Logan there. I mean, when he, when he gets a start, I think he is going to be in the mix, uh, you know, right around that top five. Yeah. Mason Jackson. Um, so 
incredibly bad luck weekend for him. Okay. Um, had some motor failures, end up having to borrow. And this kind of goes back to my like impact mo- moment of the weekend. This is part of that. If you go into that part of that story is his bikes were all broke in a panic, needs a machine. Lane Baird pulls his 250 out. They throw Mason's number plates on it. He jumps on and goes straight, straight to the track on it and goes okay. straight to the front of the pack. Oh my gosh. Um, another, another spot of look at these guys look at what this community is willing to do for each other like here here take my full-blown you know 250 hybrid no questions asked go and then now he has to race it the next day too because you can't not right. race it you know if they fixed his machine so he has to go out there and races it he ends up winning the overall on it um i think it was the only overall he ended up getting a win because he had failures in his other classes or something um okay the 250 class just continues to impress me so much. Uh, you know, so many classes are just, just fire. Uh, WMX, you know, Maddie Trower led for quite a while. Andrea had an issue. Neve had an issue right out of the gate. Andrea had an issue like two corners later. And those two come, you know, come through the pack and end up finishing one, two. But the experience like Maddie Trower got, there's a couple other girls and their names are just slipping my mind at this time. So I do apologize, but they got the experience running up front in that class. So I think that's only going to drive them yep. and, and continue them and, and building their speed and they're getting to see, you know, certain things. So all around, I, I'm really happy with the entire way the weekend went. I think from start to finish of the weekend, it was, it was very very good weekend for everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool um, to see all the incredible racing out there, you know, over the last, I'd say handful of years, you know, you could go online on any one of our, um, when I say our, I mean, ATV racings, um, you know, kind of the, any, any name, a media source um, could hop on one of the ATV racing media sources there. And you could find somebody Debbie Downering about the state of, of ATV racing or whatever. And that's 100% 180. It's inversed itself this year where the last couple of weeks I'm seeing people saying, wow, this is shades of 2010 again, or 2008 again, when we're talking about the heyday of ATV racing, the racing, the numbers, um, some of this young talent coming up, all these things, it seems like it's, it's, it's finally, uh, coming around and the, and the, the racing is incredible. And, um, I think that, you know, the state of ATV racing seems like it's in a great spot. I've been preaching that for years now. Um, but I think it is more than ever right now. And that's a great thing for all of us that, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, make our livings this way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the the racing community is great right now. Um, people are getting involved. You know, a lot of guys that are either like my age group or say maybe just a little bit younger. You know, they they went and got married and stuff, and so they kind of had to step away. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, their kids are old enough that their kids are starting to really enjoy it and like it. So they're kind of getting back into racing. And so now, you know, instead of it just being them, now we got another entry because you know maybe one of their kids is old enough. Um, you know, like the shadows from Connecticut. I mean, they're traveling all over the country and they're bringing multiple entries into it. And, you know, they've always kind of just done new England ATV and just kind of kept it, 
to like that scene up there and now they're moving full national series you know there's a lot of new faces that i see at the races and i love it because it's you know obviously it's new people to meet and i like that part of it and then just seeing the crowd thicken and and the talent pool just continue to get deeper is incredible yeah i love to see it um on that note, Casey, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we want to get Jeffrey uh, in here to talk about his unforgettable day. Um, one final note, uh, Sunset is coming up next, Chad's Backyard. Um, sounds like you're taking Joel Hetrick, so I won't ask you about that, but um, give us a, a rider to watch at Sunset Ridge. Does anybody uh, come to mind right off the top of your head? Um, I'd keep an eye on Wesley Wolf. Max Lindquist. Max, that's my guy. I mean, that's yeah. Think. It's kind of. I mean, it's kind of easy, you know, especially going off of. But I think, I think Wesley found uh, an inner, an inner something this weekend. But yeah. I mean, it's still that group is just a, a toss up. If I was going to go outside the box there and go into, let's just go amateur wise because I think, you know, we could talk about those guys more. I would yep. say, um, Dane Molander is going to be one that's really going to be good to watch. Um, another one in the 250 class that's really good to watch, and I don't know him at all, but I just watched him this weekend quite a bit, is uh, Joey Norris. Okay. Dude, the kid is on rails. I mean, he really, really is the real deal. Those guys are flying, and he's right there battling for moto wins, battling for overalls, um, you know, and same thing. I mean, there's so many guys that – I could go on and on about guys to go watch. Like I could literally just sit in the stands and watch races all day long. Right. Because the talent is, is real right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, saw Joey, um, at high point and yeah, I was pretty blown away on how fast he was going. A couple of riders, uh, like you said, um, amateur wise, I think JJ Launderville is somebody that we're going to have to watch. Obviously wasn't there this weekend because he was at his sister Lily's, uh, graduation. It sounded like, um, but he's going to be a guy to watch because he's up from this area, you know, practices at, at sunset from time to time. Um, that's going to be a guy to watch Wesley. Uh, I do think uh, I'll touch on Wesley in the way that He's been, he's, I mean, each time out this year, he's shown that he's not the same guy. Um, I don't know if it's a more focus on motocross stuff, if it's JH's program, whatever the case may be, Wesley's stronger than he's ever been. That's been impressive. Uh, can't refer, um, don't want to, don't want to offend anybody by calling that grouping the tier two grouping there. Um, but Wesley is, uh, is proven to be kind of at the top of that pack. That's been impressive for him and Max too, like I said, coming from Wisconsin, um, you know, doing a lot of laps at Sunset Ridge and, you know, kind of, I mean, he's been solid, so it's not like he needed extra motivation, um, but coming off kind of a crappy weekend at Aonia, uh, I think Max is going to be a guy, a guy to watch there. That's the first guy that came to mind when I, when I thought about a rider to watch at Sunset Ridge, probably going to be Max Lindquist and he's going to, um, he's going to want to put that thing up front. Uh, I told him, uh, after, after a crappy weekend, I, I checked on him to make sure he was okay. And then I said, well, it sounds like uh, sunset would be a, a great place to uh, grab your first podium. As we creep up on Redbud, Casey, um, you said that, uh, that Max would get his first podium probably before Redbud. Uh, I think that sunset would be a, a good place to see that happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and he's going to be fired up and, uh, talked of his dad after qualifying and he felt like Max was a tick off this weekend. Okay. It wasn't right where he, where he has been in the past weekends. And then obviously, um, 
the moto scores don't really show where he would have been because of obviously not, you know yeah. a failure and a crash and stuff so we you know but he's going to use that for motivation yep. um he's very headstrong so he's not down in the dumps uh, i did get to talk to him a little bit on uh sunday and he was he was just fine but even in the in the pro stock class uh watching him ride he didn't seem quite his normal self so maybe he just wasn't jiving with the track this weekend or you know whatever it was so yeah he's definitely going to be one to watch there at sunset um and kind of you know having that in the sense of you know you guys up there that's your guys's place a lot of you guys go ride there because it's you know five six hours away or so where there's not a ton of other tracks but a lot of the places that you guys ride up there i know baja um there's a few different tracks. I don't know all the names, but are really sandy and kind of similar anyway. So it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a good, a good test for him. And um, yeah, he better prove me right. Um, on my prediction <laughs> with him is I, I think he definitely can do it. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, hopefully you, uh, you take the time to actually head over to atvfantasy.com to pick one of these guys to lead your digging deep ATV MX fantasy team. Uh, that's what we're hoping for. Um, uh, but yeah, Casey, I, I appreciate all your insight. Um, especially not being at this one. Uh, I value your, your insight, your opinion as much as anybody. So I really appreciate the time and, uh, love all the knowledge that you have to share. Um, always a pleasure having you on the show, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me again, and I uh, hope uh, this reaches everyone's families in a good time and um, and well wishes. Yeah, heck yeah. Thanks to, uh, um, before we get you out of here, thanks to Impact Solutions too um, for supporting us. And uh, Casey, we'll see you in a few weeks at Sunset Ridge. I uh, can't thank you enough for a great conversation. All right, buddy. I'll be there. You're the man. That's Casey Greek brought to you by CSD tires shop.csdtires.com. Who's just racking in these wins now with Joel Hetrick. The CST takeover is unstoppable. It's the real deal. And uh, yeah, Casey, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads without these great companies. None of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft comp on rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you? CST tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R 
is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship-winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength-to-weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship-level edge. DID has been driving championship-winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID what drives you. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, Visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, 
engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. 4Works Carbon's innovative, lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 
15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric, and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs, from hard parts to riding gear. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads also offers hard-to-find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, stoked to talk to this next guest, brought to you by SSI Decals, making your identity stick with unrivaled championship-level graphics, decals, vinyl, and more. Check out SSI's new and improved website today at SSIDecals.com. Fresh off the 20th, 
pro class podium of his career. Help me welcome back friend of the show, Mr. Jeffrey Rastrelli. What's up, buddy? I said it the other day and I'll say it again. I hope uh, you're still riding that natural high from returning to the podium on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was a really good day, man. A really good uh, couple of motos for me. And, um, you know, it feels like I can uh, you know, stand up straight again because I got the monkey off my back. So, um, and it feels really good. And um, I'm glad to talk to you about it. It's going to be a really good episode, I think. Yeah, for sure. 20th career podium. Uh, we've been kind of uh, monitoring that on the last couple episodes, kind of talking about it a little bit. I feel like we, yeah, we felt like it was coming. Um, 20th career podium. It's got a pretty good ring to it, doesn't it? It does. It does. But you know what? It would sound even better. Is 21. <laughs> there <laughs> but, you go. Uh, but so, uh, you know, that's always the next step. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really good, a really good uh, I know number. You know, was, I didn't really know how many podiums I had until you until you told me. So, um, yeah, it's a really it's a really cool thing. A really good fact to know. And um, yeah, I'm looking to by the end of the year, maybe um, I think what is there six more rounds, you know, maybe mm -hmm. 26 of them. So there you uh, go. That's always the plan once you get one again, you know, so that's mm -hmm. the next goal. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think it's got a good ring to it. That's for sure. So um, 763 days had passed since your previous podium appearance. And I feel like for most of those 763 days, um, that weighed on you more and more. Um, was there ever a time where you thought that you'd never make it back here? I'd say how I felt fitness wise and body wise, um, you know, and, and sometimes I, I couldn't, you know, tell you in particular, but you know, of in injuries, of course, of last year and stuff. Yeah. There was always times where I thought that maybe it wasn't coming back. Like mm -hmm. I was done, you know, I was a six, seven, fifth, six, seventh place guy, but, um, I kept digging, kept, kept searching for things, doing a lot of research on, on different things. And, um, been, I found something that's been working for me. So, um, I've only getting better too. I'm, I'm, my, my training level is going up. So I'm really excited to, you know, see what we have next round on the sand, especially because I've been training in the sand for six months in my, at my house. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just coincidence that, uh, the, the best race of the year that I've had is, uh, on the hardest pack track, one of the hardest pack tracks we've had all year. So, right. um, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, continuing the year out and see what we got for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And more than anything, it was more like, um, not that I thought you were going to cruise around an eighth or whatever for the rest of your career, but it was more like maybe you were going to step away. Cause I know that there's been plenty of times over the last handful of years here, um, or since the handful, but the last couple of years, there was a time here or there where this shit had just broken you, you know? So, um, absolutely. To see, absolutely. yeah. To see you get back to where you are now. Um, I, I just, I think it makes, it makes for as, as a fan of yours, as a friend of yours, it makes it that much cooler to see um, where you are that much special to see where you are. And for you, it's got to make you appreciate it that much more. So I'm glad that we um, didn't have to cross that bridge and, and wonder what if, if you would have walked away prematurely or whatever. Um, but you returned to the podium at Aonia pass. And I told Hogue on the last episode that I thought um, you quietly had a really strong day at high point. I think you were scrappier than, um, we had seen you in a while. And then this weekend, it's like you even grabbed another gear. Um, you seem stronger than you've, you've been. And I thought on Saturday, we saw that already in qualifying. It was like, you just, uh, you, you kind of looked like you grabbed another gear. Like I said. Yeah, man, the fitness level is really what made me be able to grab another gear. Like I haven't been feeling strong in the machine and been able to do what I want on it. So, you know, it's kind of just 
out there holding on and hope for the best. But um, since since of what I've changed, I mean, my you know, I've, I've my fitness has gotten so much better that I go to the track and constantly worry about my technique and and what you know my momentum in the corners and being able to be stronger to hang on to make that momentum through the corners. You know, you know, mm-hmm. go through there harder and um, just different things that I've been concentrating on when I go to the practice track and honestly been enjoying it because I feel so good. Yeah. Um, just training wise, just from, from day in and day out to start to finish, you know, from running to, to going to you know training camp to riding, everything's been really enjoyable because I feel so well. And so, you know, so fresh all the time, my body recovery is really quick and I can just keep, keep doing what I'm doing, you know, and it's been really, really fun. And, um, uh, you know, that's, that's been it really It's just made me mentally strong, um, to go and, and show, I showed up at, at the race and I, I knew almost like I felt it before I left the house for some reason. Like I told my family, I said, this is it. This is the weekend. Like I know it is. I don't know why, but I kind of felt it before I even left the house. So, um, like you said, it was just a really good weekend, man. And I felt like I was honestly, if you want to be honest, stronger than I've been in even my last podium year in 2019, I, I feel like I'm stronger than I was then right now. So sure. um, this year, this year's going to be really, really good. I'm, I'm glad I figured it out now and it wastes half the year. At least only wasted, you know, two or three races, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, what a fresh breath of air, um, just to kind of put all that stuff to bed as, uh, as we're watching everything go down on Saturday, I couldn't help, but think back to last year and you and I, I mean, we probably sat there and BS for an hour about how good you felt and being on the Phoenix team and how, you know, how great everything, you know, was primed to be. And then, you know, it was like, that's when everything went to shit last year. So it felt like, man, we wish you could almost, you know, it was like, it was a year later or whatever, but to finally see it all come together was special um and we know how gnarly that third to fifth uh you know place and beyond battle has been this season um it's been an absolute brawl you've been in the mix of it every race so far and uh in moto one you clawed your way you know up from fifth to third but lost it with a couple laps to go there what happened um because with two or three laps to go you were up to the third spot and then uh it looked like maybe you got bounced off the track or something so tell me about that yeah, we uh, we, me and Bryce got together a little bit. I gave him the line. I was kind of, it was kind of my bad. I shouldn't have gone to the line that I did. Um, but the inside was getting a hole on it. So if you didn't hit it just right, it really cost you time. So in the previous laps, I felt like he was weak there, and so was I. So I went to the outside, and he just so happened to hit that corner just just perfect, you know, because he knew he could get me back there if he hit it just right, and he did. And he was getting back by me and kind of came over on me. I thought we were going to clear, but my front tire hit his rear and it just, I mean, immediately shot me right off the track. I almost wrecked. It was kind of crazy. And then got back on the track and Wesley and Bryce were back in front of me. And, um, we were having a little electrical issue. We weren't, we weren't really sure with what it was. It was making the bike cut out a little bit and it was losing power. So it was like backfiring and, and things. So I was trying to catch those guys, but I just, I wasn't able to do it. I just wasn't able to pull it off. And the whole moto, I was behind Nick and Bryce and Mm -hmm. I tried for 20 minutes to get around those guys. And I finally did. And a Mm -hmm. couple laps to go, you know, it it went to crap, but, um, you know, I battled the whole time and I was, I was funny. I was behind Nick and I was giving the rev box coming into corners and stuff. I'm like, come on, move, you know? It was, it was, um, it was a fun day. It was a fun moto, believe it or not. I mean, even though I had finished fifth, that moto, it was, it was fun. I actually in, enjoyed the racing with those guys and it was clean and, um, we just raced hard. It was a really hard battle. And those guys, 
those guys held their own. There's no doubt, you know, Bryce put it, put all he had into that moto. And, um, you know, but I just, I felt like my recovery was so good for moto two. And maybe those guys weren't that I was on another level as well. Yeah. So that group, that grouping there is just so gnarly. Um, as a viewer, it felt the same way that you fought your ass off for that whole moto got into, got into podium position there. And then, uh, you know, saw it all go away, but no matter what, I thought it was promising because you're moving forward late in the moto. Um, you've been touching on your training. So that all makes sense now. And that's a hard thing to do moving forward at the, at the end of those races, after ringing yourself out for 20 plus minutes. Um, and, and especially against the fast, uh, that fast group of guys there. Um, you, so you ended up fifth in moto one, um, what do you see uh, of that battle right in front of you on the final lap there, that line that Wesley took, we talked with Casey about it a little bit. Um, tell us what you saw from that line um, that Wesley Wolf used to get by Bryce. Do you have anything to say there? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't want to start anything cause I don't just like Wesley. I like him. You know, I, I race him. You know, we race hard, we race yep. clean, yep. but I don't, I didn't agree with it very much, but, um, you know, how Harv said it, it was the, his bad. So if that's the case, there's no track markers, then and it's his bad, I guess. I just, I, I mean, we were all taking the line, you know, because we knew that that I don't think that was the proper line to take, but, um, you know, he got away with it. So I guess mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as we all say it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to get you in trouble there. I know it was controversial, but just uh, wanted to wanted to see um, what you saw there at least because yeah. um, you would. I didn't right totally. I didn't totally agree with it. If you're, if that's what you're asking. No, I don't. I didn't agree with it, but um, that gave me a little more motivation to go into the second <laughs> moto because you know he was third place right behind me for most of the moto, and yep. I I'm really dug deep to to make sure that I pulled away from him because it kind of frustrated me. It really did that. I worked my, my butt off that whole moto to get around those guys, you know, I guess you could say clean, um, you know, in the race line. And, and he's, he does that, you know, you know, late in the moto and, and catching us by doing that. So um, it is what it is. But like I said, it gave me motivation for the second moto to go out there and, and um, you know, try my best to beat him. That was about it. That's all I took. I took motivation about it. I didn't, go i didn't go to harv i didn't go to anybody i took it personally um that um that's what you had that you know to me i'm a competitor so at the time i took it that's what you had to do to beat me and just just wait buddy you know kind of thing like that's how i felt when when he had to do that then i'll i'll find i'll find more speed and so i don't have to take that line that's how i looked at it that second moto and and i did i caught i caught another gear even um, the whole moto. So I actually picked it up at the, at the last couple laps there, I actually picked my times back up. So, um, so, you know, he didn't be upset at me, but, uh, you know, I think he, he knows just as well as anybody that, you know, I, I don't think it was the best line, but, um, you know, it's over, it's done. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I beat him the second moto. So that, <laughs> that was the goal and, uh, and we did it. So that's yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. So um, let's kind of move on then. Uh, you were right in the mix in Moto One there, so um, I'm sure you were pumped up for Moto Two. Just like you said, you were kind of motivated by an array of factors there, and uh, I bet that you were um, over the moon when you came around the first turn, and it was just Joel and and you and Joel one and two there. I, I have to believe that you were uh, pumped up at that point. That had to be uh, had to be uh, a, a beautiful sight to see you and your teammate one and two. Absolutely. And, and the first moto, it was super, super um, wet pretty much for the first 12 minutes of the race. So yeah. 
Um, I went through all my tear offs and I literally pulled my last tear off when I passed into third with Bryce. Okay. And like I, and I'd never use all my tear offs. So I was eating mud the whole time. So I knew the second moto that I had to get a good start. Like that was a necessity. Cause I, I believed I was faster than Nick and Bryce the first moto, but I could not get around them. So I just knew I had to get a better start than them. And I did. And I actually seen Chad and Joel have the contact. I saw like the whole thing happen like next to me. Yep. And um, it was kind of a crazy thought, you know, as there was just now it's definitely just me and Joel, you know, Chad's not right here too. So it was like, hang with him. That was all I could think was just hold this sucker wide open and go with him. And that's what we did. Me and yeah. him just one, two, and went and checked out on the field. And, but uh, you know, Chad was Chad and of course, and put in a good charge and at the end of the race, but um, you know, it was a, uh, it was an awesome feeling riding, and uh, riding with Joel and, and getting out there with him and, and uh, you know pulling away from the field was was really good and hanging with him was another good a good feeling for me you know to not get absolutely smoked by him with me and him going one two on the start and him not pulling thirty seconds on me was was a uh, you know very um, very very gratifying for sure I should, oh, I should say. yeah 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 for sure so I was going to ask you about that what you saw in the first corner there you touched on that already so um I have to believe you know you're sitting right there behind Joel and I have to believe that you're already thinking possible podium at that point um so is the thinking just sprint and stick with Joel for as long as you can and that's going to help you kind of distance yourself from the rest of the field absolutely I saw him and I, I he was close to me for a long time and, and I knew I knew I had some good lines. Like I was flowing really good around the track, the first moto, and I knew I had way more speed than the, than than I was able to get because I was kind of no offense to you know Janus or Bryce, but I feel like I was held up a little bit. So like I, I, that second moto, I just I let it all hang out, and I had the fastest guy right in front of me to see what he was doing. But I was honestly taking different lines than he was. So it actually was kind of cool to see that you know I wasn't doing exactly what he was doing and just keeping up with him. I was actually making my own lines and taking my own way around the track and doing it, doing it too. So, um, that's just, it was, it was a really good feeling for sure, you know, to go out there and ride my own race, but to, to hang with the champ, you know, the ex champ and, and stuff. And I think there was one line that I think I maybe even could have stayed with him more, the big triple. I was going on the outside before the big triple every lap and I should have hit it every lap because I had the speed. I felt it and I just never did it. Cause I don't want to bend an axle or something if I came up short, but sure. I yes. think I actually had a little bit there too, but you know, I just, one of them things, risk over reward. I didn't know. I didn't want to biff it. You know, I was in second and pulling away. So, um, well, I throw it away. So, yeah, um, yeah, that was, it was a good moto for me. A good moto to hang with my teammate and good for the team, man. It was really good. And, um, you know, the whole team was stoked and everybody was really happy. So it's, uh, definitely, like you said, a big relief off my shoulders and stuff. It's just, uh, been a long time. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for making that executive decision there. Um, and yeah, so you, you clung to Joel for the longest time. Kind of like you said, you rode an incredible race. Um, you find yourself having to ward off Chad Weenan late in the race though, nearly an impossible feat. You know, obviously that's not something that, uh, that anybody has to do very often. So take us through the, the final stage of that race there and take us through that last corner, because if Chad gets you, you can say goodbye to your overall podium. So tell me that story. Yeah, so Jim, uh, my mechanic, Jim Hardy and Gary, um, Joel's mechanic, they they were hooting and hollering and made sure I knew that I had to finish second <laughs> okay. to, to get on the podium. So they okay. were pumping me up, man. And and like I said, the fitness thing was was um, was a key factor. Was a key factor in in that second moto that you know I knew he was catching me because he was he was on a vengeance. You know, he made the, made a mistake in that first corner. He 
he did it. So he had to make up for it. And he was really riding good. And I knew that I just, I had to, had to hold him off. I just had to keep riding my lines and riding my race. I knew that there was the rides I was taking that there's no way he could pass me if I hit him right and hit him like I was all moto. And, and I just kept that in my head and, and, um, all day I I've told Jim and all day to don't put anything else on my pit board other than like practice, because when I go to the practice track, I ride really good. I have no pressure. I have nobody, you know, to worry about. So when I go to the race. I think that sometimes to me, I get too jacked up and too worried about trying to go faster. So all day he put that on my pit board and, and that was all I could think about all day was, you know, the technique and, and hitting my points is, is just all that crossed my mind every time I came across the track, you know? So sure. every time I came across there, I, I didn't really make mistakes all race. Like I, I really made really, really minimal mistakes. So I think that's what paid off. Even being a little fatigued at the end, I didn't, um, didn't make that big mistake and cost me a second or two that, well, to be I, able to, to, to pass me. So. so, so I feel like, um, too, and, and so many people out there, amateurs and, and just weekend warriors will be able to relate to the fact that when you're practicing, you ride differently, your arms feel different. Your mental game is different. Everything is different when you're just practicing. So, um, that's really interesting that you kind of, uh, wanted to keep it simple and just make it feel like, like you're, uh, at an, you know, at the practice track, just another day, um, you know, kind of in a race situation. Then when you pull that great start in the second moto, it's probably a whole lot easier to feel like it's a practice day. Like you're just out there riding with Joel and uh, you're able to kind of fly in formation, try to keep pace with him and kind of do your own thing. Um, so I think that that's something that we can see going forward a whole lot more if you're going to get starts like that, but okay. So tell me then about the, about the, that final corner. Cause it sounded like you had to uh, you had to, you know, be really calculated with what you did in that final corner to hold on to that podium spot. Yeah. So, it was interesting because um, I was taking the outside line before the little tabletop into the last corner and yep. it was um, really smooth and you can hit it really fast. And I, in chat, I think Chad took it too, but I'm not positive, but he was right on my tail and I heard him, but I, I went to the inside line. I knew that if I went to the inside, there was no way he could get by me. There, it was impossible, but he tried to stick it in there anyways. And I, and I understand because that was a points lead or not getting, not getting the points lead taken away from him was that position. So, Yep. He went for it and, and we kind of, he, he, um, I think he kind of hit me more in my nerf bar and his, with his front tire. So I like kind of climbed up on his bike a little bit and like when he, hit, I, when he hit me, like it knocked my hand off the bar. So it kind of stopped me. So it didn't hit me over the berm as if I was going to, I think if I accelerated when he hit me that I would have kind of popped over the berm and he could have got me, but I kind of knocked my hand off the bar and, and we were just sitting there. And I get back on and I look back and, and I just, I'm like, Oh, uh, like, okay. And I pinned it, you know, pinned it, burned out, you know, burned out on his bike and, yep. and it, it came off of it, thankfully, and didn't get tangled together too bad. And, and yeah, we came across in second. So it was, uh, it was awesome. Um, and I don't know, it was, uh, you know, it, it sucked that he caught us at the end of the race because of the deficit that he had, but he was riding a good race. So I was just glad and, and, and fortunate to be able to hold him off and, and get that podium spot. You know, that was uh, all I could think about. I knew, I knew I had to finish second. There was, there was even, there was another lap and I was going to give it everything I had two more laps, whatever. I would have hung it all out there. I just, I wanted that so bad and been waiting so long for it. So, yeah. um, you know, I was put in the position to do it with my start. So it was all up to me. It was up to nobody else. So and I knew that. So, like I said, the whole practice thing, like practice is, was the biggest thing of the weekend. I think as it has started in qualifying, 
I said, if you're going to write anything else, write on, write underneath there. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to see anything else. Just tell me my position and like practice is all I want. And, uh, yeah, I just, all day I rode, I worried about my technique, where to stand up, where to sit down, all those different things where you kind of, when you go to the race, you're just worried about just going as fast as you possibly can. And sometimes you lose, the, lose touch with that technique and yeah. those, those things that you learned so much during the week doing that you go to the race, almost forget them because there's so much hype, so much you have to go as fast as you can and this and that. When at the practice track, you're going as fast as you can, but you're doing it, you know, fluently and with technique and in the right way instead of sporadic and where it wears you out and different things like that. So that was, I think, the biggest key this weekend was, was that in particular. Absolutely. It makes so much sense. Um, yeah. Heady, heady move by you there in the final corner. You did what you had to do. Um, I too was like, man, don't let him get this close and then not have him get the podium spot. So, uh, you can ask Brooke, I was fist pumping. I was so stoked for you when you got it done there yelling at the top of my lungs, uh, love to see all the emotion after the race. Um, what were you feeling there? I'm assuming it was the, the emotion relief. Yeah. The emotions, um, you know, thinking your career maybe, you know, could have been over at some point. There was times where you considered walking away all the struggles, um, you know, rehabbing injuries, two years of fighting your ass off to get back up there. I'm sure is what it felt like. Oh, it was, I, I can't explain the feeling, you know, I don't know. I was, I, I lost my voice a little bit cause I screamed so much <laughs> the rest of that day mm-hmm. and just coming off the track, I was just screaming my lung, the top of my lungs, like you said, just in the excitement, you know, just to, to see that, um, all the work, not just me, but me and my wife put in, you know, my wife's the, one of the biggest parts of this. She's my nutritionist. She's my, you know, cooks all my meals and, and everything with, with our, you know, big, we did a big change in diet and, um, like she has to prepare everything. So, um, she's just day in and day out grinding, just like I am just in a different way, you know, and she's also taking up the exercise thing with me. So we're exercising together a lot. And, uh, man, it made it so enjoyable and wanting to do it more because she's involved with everything that it's, uh, just everything in life, man, right now, like you're saying, like we said before, it's just like, I've talked about it before in this podcast, it's all good because it's all coming together so well, my, you know, fitness and training and nutrition and, uh, you know, my diet and, and riding and that Yamaha, that Phoenix racing Yamaha YFC 450 is just off the charts right now. And like people are people are going to be in trouble like by we're just progressing each race and getting more out of it and, and progressing the bike shock changes and Elka suspension and impact solutions has that thing. So dialed that um, these guys are, these guys are in for a heck of a long year for sure. So especially after the first one under the belt and I just, that's all I can think about. So that's uh you know, just, just day in and day out. That's all that's on your mind. It's going to prevent, you know, pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, to, to, to hear all the things that are coming together behind the scenes, it makes so much sense as to what we're seeing on the track two years later, I have to imagine, um, you know, that time, uh, away from the podium made you appreciate it that much more that togetherness with you and your wife, all that is so, so, so special, um, just being, you know, all in on the team. And, uh, so, so you're battling none other than Chad, uh, late in moto two. And as I'm watching that go down, I'm thinking about 2007 little Jeffrey Rastrelli in Illinois to train with then an up and coming Chad Weenan, um, who had just signed with factory Suzuki, kind of a crazy thought when you think back on it, isn't it? It is, man. It is crazy, you know, and it's crazy. It was, you know, at one time my protege, you know, I, he took me under my, under his wing and, and uh-huh. um, with my protege and, um, it was just, it's kind of crazy now, you know, battling him at the end of the motos, you know, it's like, 
um, is what you always wished for, you know, it's what I always worked for and what I always dreamed of. So it's, um, it's, it's nice, but you know, I, I beat him and all, but you know, you always want to always want to take the next step and beat him both motos and do it straight mm -hmm. up without having him or him having an issue. So, um, you know, of course that's the next step. That's, that's what's next. And, uh, but like I said, I think, I think Chad has respect for it too, because we, we go that far back, you know, we go back to my early career when, um, I remember us back as far as 2000, I think it was 2006 at WPSA before it was like the real deal. And we were changing some handlebars on a Z 50 of mine, you know, late at night, you know, at like nine o'clock at night, me and him were changing some handlebars on my pit bike and stuff. It's just, um, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about where we, uh, where we've gone. So it, it's, it's, uh, crazy. it's, pretty cool to think. it's, it's crazy to think that that was 14 years ago. Um, and I was, I was so pissed back then, Jeffrey, that my rival was spending time with my hero. Just imagine a broken hearted little Cody back then. That's just, I'm sorry, that's, buddy. That's I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so you get this podium, tell me what, uh, what that's going to do for you and your psyche going forward. I have to believe it's almost like getting your first career podium all over again. Um, you know, kind of confirming, way, yeah, sure. yeah kind of confirm, kind of, kind of confirming that, Hey, I can do this you know yeah i could do it again you know and that that was a big thing that was a big thing you know coming back i was i was back sunday at five o'clock and me and my wife immediately went on a on a, a hour bike ride when we got back you know just it just i'm pure full of motive of motivation right now there's I nothing bet. it's like nothing i've ever you know i i haven't felt in a long time i should say you know in 2019 of course i felt it i wanted to i wanted to win of course just like any other year but now to get that off the checklist to, uh, you know, to move on to the next, to the next uh, point on the checklist is uh, a big relief and a big, a big, you know, like a big monkey off my back for sure. I feel like I got, I kept, I kept making the analogy, like I could stand up straight again. Like I was, you know, I feel like I was, had all this weight on my shoulders, you know, just wish with everything, your family and, and my wife, and you want to do good for everyone, the team, you know, the team invests so much in you. Um, I, I have, you know, I'm so fortunate to be on that team because there's not another team like it in, in, in the series and to put the work in and, and put them on top of the box or on the box, just like me, you know, just like it is, you know, it's, it's exciting for them just like it is for me. So um, that was like, that, that weighs on us person as well, you know, to have this big deal and I'm on Phoenix racing ATV and I'm supposed to be getting podiums and <laughs> excuse me. And uh, I haven't done it. So um, that was just all that pressure is off. So everybody's super stoked. You know, everybody's, you know, looking for the next one too. So everybody's happy. Everybody's had good, good, good vibes. The next race will be like that. So I think it'd be even easier to have that atmosphere. Like everybody knows that I could do it now and everybody's happy and like, Oh, we do have a podium in sight. Two of them, you know, two, two of our riders can be on the podium. I think it's, it's going to be even easier. So I think after that, that first one, it's just uh, like, like it's just going to keep, uh, keep progressing. Yeah, for sure. So that, that, uh, you could feel that dynamic change, I'm sure. Um, and you could feel it just, you could feel it mounting recently. I'd been picking you and digging deep ATVMX fantasy. I picked you at high point. Um, I could just, I could just feel the tides turning. Um, and I was stoked to, to finally see it happen. I think, uh, we're surely going to see more of it to come. Um, I was feeling that before I even talked to you here now to talk to you and all the things that are going on behind the scenes that are so good. Um, I think it's a no brainer. Um, so is there any chance, uh, in your opinion, that this is the best you've ever been Jeffrey, because you've battled for podiums for many years now. Um, but the class is so good right now. And those top two guys are far and away the best they've ever been. I think that that's obvious. Um, I would argue that this is the best you've ever been. 
what would you like say right that? now right, right yeah right now how i how i feel physically yep. like um like just body like sitting here talking to you you know i could just I, I feel like i could wake up and and go do whatever activity that's put in front of me and it won't face me so um it's that's that's like the biggest deal for me and and yes i'd say fitness wise i'm the best i've ever been right now and that yamaha has been working really good too so the combination of the two it makes you work a little less hard not having to fight that rear end of that honda it was a little bit um not in our favor so mm-hmm. just to fight that you know, I have to fight the bike as much and and you know I figured that bike out a lot so now it's so easy to ride and, and um yeah I'd say that I'd say I'm probably right now I feel like I'm the best I've been but um you know I got to back that up and and at, at sunset and, and say yes I, it is the best I've been and show them you know and get on the podium again and show them that I'm the real deal and it wasn't just that that one moto fluke you know that I got third or second in that moto because Chad you know wrecked on the start or whatever so I'll go there and and, and, and hopefully show these boys what's up because in the past I've had really, really, really strong rides there. In 2017, I almost won, um, won both motos. I, I led a majority of, of both. I think at least the first one I led probably 20 minutes of it and got past the two laps to go. So, um, that's good vibes going in there as well. So, um, yeah, it's like mentally and physically the best I've ever been, I'd say. I agree. Um, and, and Hey, those, those CST tires, they are, they're like the cheat code. So that doesn't hurt. Absolutely. No, yeah, no doubt. And, um, I can't thank them enough for, for the support and for what they've done. Um, not just the Yamaha or Elka suspension. I mean, they're definitely a big part of it too. Um, like we were so, it's fun fact, the second moto. So we were so, so rushed with doing bike things, trying to figure out the electrical issue that we didn't change tires. So from the first moto, our tires were like pretty smoked, like because they're really hard. I mean, really soft compounds. So and it was hard they're, they were yep. they were they were a little bit, you know, the edge was taken off because that's a long moto on the hard pack on those soft tires, and yep. we didn't have time to put new ones on. So we ran those the second moto, and you've seen the results. I mean, those tires with wear on them from the first moto, and we went out went one two on those CSTs the second moto, and it was just unbelievable. Like I even gave him crap on the gate, like messing with Jim and, and Gary. I was like, man, you guys couldn't even fit time in, put tires on my bike, you know? And um, it was just like, it was kind of crazy that I said that. And then we go out, rip two, yeah. you know, one, two on the start <laughs> and just say later to everybody that's running, you know, every other tire. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the cheat code, I say for sure. Yeah. So, and it's so funny because I tell people, I'm like, man, they can look smoked and they still, they do still, uh, they still work amazing. Work. Yeah. They still yeah. work. They still get a bunch of traction. So it is um, crazy. It, it really is. So, and I remember it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about the CSTs almost before you had gotten on them or whatever. So, uh, that's exciting to hear. And, uh, yeah, so, so we're obviously, um, you know, we're stoked to have, uh, finally seen you return to where you belong back to the podium. And, uh, we look forward to watching you continue, um, that momentum into sunset, uh, another track that, uh, like you said, it was something that I had kind of made a note here too. Um, I think that, uh, that Walnut sunset there is a, is a track that really fits your strength strengths. And I had, um, you know, kind of some memories in my mind too, that, um, you know, you had some, some strong rides there over the years. So I feel like, uh, you're getting hot at just the right time and, uh, can't wait to, um, you know, have some more of these conversations after, you know, more podiums here in the future. Absolutely. It's really exciting for me, Cody. I'm really excited to go to that race in particular. Um, you know, I just really good vibes there Uh, for some reason, my whole career, I've done good at sunset Whether I mean, the track's always different. And even sometimes the track surface is always different. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know if the vibe 
of the track or just the, I don't know, man, I've always done good there. I mean, even I'm the, like the best place I whole shot. Like it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. My whole career, like uh, 2010 in pro-am, I didn't whole shot one race all year. And then I got three out of four whole shots that weekend at sunset. It was just in my whole career. It's been like that. I had a broken back in 2018 and I went there and I yanked the start. I was like, what <laughs> I, remember. I can't even ride. And I'm yanking a start. I'm like, what am I doing? Right. But um, just some, some reason that place has always been good to me. So um, like I said, I'm just super excited to get it going and back to the racetrack. I really wish it wasn't a three week break because I, I'm, I'm ready now, you know? So um, the three week breaks just going to let me get better. So I'm excited for that as well even though I'd like the, uh, the race back this weekend, but it is what it is. Yeah. It sounds like you're going to use that, uh, three weeks, like you said, to get a little better and, uh, bring your best, your best to, uh, sunset Ridge. We can't wait to, uh, can't wait to see it. Um, buddy, awesome stuff. Uh, great job again. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, I absolutely love having you on the show here and, uh, we'll see you in, in, uh, Illinois. Okay. I appreciate it, Cody. I appreciate you having me. Uh, always a pleasure to be on this podcast with you. You guys do a great job. And um, yeah, looking forward to being on here after sunset. And we could talk a little more about uh, a little bit more about podium finishes. And that'd be good with me. <laughs> we'll see you, buddy. There you go, buddy. Thanks so much. That's Jeffrey Rastrelli brought to you by SSI Decals. Go check out SSI's brand new interactive website today at SSIDecals.com. Great job, pal. Congrats again. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, Cody. Have a great one. I don't know about you, but now that we've relived all the craziness of Aonia Pass, I'm wishing Sunset Ridge was tomorrow. Can't freaking wait. Major thanks to tonight's guests, podium finisher Jeffrey Rastrelli and Impact Solutions Casey Greek. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43 bike strikes and quads llc and manscaped get 20 percent off and free shipping with code digging deep 20 at manscaped.com support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save find it all on our website and be sure to click that rocky mountain atvmc banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out and most of all thanks to you guys for listening our show merchandise including digging deep shirts and hoodies our quad guys get hot chicks shirts and hoodies back-to-back national champ merch and more all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com if you're looking for another easy way to help support us visit our website and click the buy me a coffee button this allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out you can call our voicemail line anytime 920-569-3519 and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy Info, and more as racing continues to heat up. A reminder that lineups do not roll over, so head over to ATVFantasy.com to select your team and lock it in up until one hour before Moto 1 at each and every event. Congrats to our event winners so far, including Billy Cottage, Michelle Grant, and Steve Brower, who all tied for the top spot at Aonia Pass. And I shouldn't say all of the 200 people playing, three people took the top spot. It's pretty incredible. We have some exclusive prizes shipping soon to all of our winners. This has been so much fun. We just can't thank you enough for playing with us, everybody that is. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 
Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our new show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. I believe we'll be back for another episode before Walnut, probably a sit-down with a blast from the past rider, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. And with that, for Jeffrey Rastrelli, Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATB Racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. See you next week. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.